You're listening to The Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to The Better Man Podcast. My name is Adam Tarno, and today Jeff Kemp joins me on the podcast. If you're a child of the 80s like me, then you might recognize Jeff Kemp's name. For 10 years, he was a quarterback in the NFL from 1981 until 1991. He played for the Rams, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Eagles, And now he is an author and a speaker and leads an organization called Jeff Kemp Team. Today we discuss their latest project. It's called Level 5 Friendship, and it was a fascinating conversation. And here's why. Because over the years, I've heard a lot of men talk about the importance of friendship, but I've never heard anybody talk about it with such practicality and sincerity as I just heard Jeff talk about it. So he's got some great stories to share and, like I said, some practical steps that all of us can take to improve the quality of the friendships in our life. So with that being said, take a listen to my conversation with Jeff Kemp. Well, Jeff, uh, welcome to the Better Man Podcast. It's great to have you here today. Thanks, Adam. It's great to be with you. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, it's going to be a good conversation as we talk about friendship. And so let's just start off just talking about your journey and what has your journey with friends and a team approach to life been like, because this is something you've been doing for a while, right? I have been, um, but I was really kind of gifted with the whole life of football, right? Um, that was the lifestyle of my dad. He used to bring all his football buddies home. We'd play bumper pool with these, you know, big defensive linemen from other teams. I had teammates from the Bills, dad's friends leave my birthday parties. So I kind of saw that camaraderie. <laughs> then I got to play football past college. Um, and for 11 years in the NFL, four teams, amazing friends, Eugene Robinson and Reggie White and Steve Largent, Paul Scanzi, Kelly Stoffer, Jackie Slater, George Andrews. I mean, uh, just amazing guys. And we were around each other so much that we had the consistency of friendship. Okay. We also had the affinity, even though we're super different personalities and backgrounds, we all had an affinity for football and winning and kind of having fun together, which is what football, football players do. So we had that kind of natural chemistry thing going. Uh, then I was very gifted. My very first year on the Rams, I was just kind of rebounding from running my life as kind of, I believe in God, but I'm in charge. And I was way off track, super selfish, uh, making a lot of compromises. Um, my fault, my philosophy was all things worked out, work out for good for people who love God and he'll eventually forgive you and everything will turn out good, but you can kind of do what you want for now. That was kind of my warped, um, theology, so to speak. And it fell apart at the end of college because I was successful but empty. I turned my life to Christ just as I was going into the NFL, uh, snuck into the league as a free agent. It was, that was a miracle. But all of a sudden, my very first friends are a Christian roommate, George Loja, All-American from um, University of Michigan, and George Andrews from Nebraska, and Jackie Slater, and these great guys, Doug Smith, and they brought me into a Bible study. They brought me to chapel. Uh, I hung out with them. I found out that they talk about their wives and their lives, and they're honest, and they pray for each other. And I got into that, right? And uh, for about five years, I had tons of resources feeding me. I ended up being the starter for the Rams, and that was exciting. Um, I got put back on the bench the next year after playing in 84. Um, But I kind of thought all of this help I'm getting, all this discipleship, all this God stuff in my life, this is to make me God's successful quarterback who can say, hey, praise God, he really helped me a lot on TV. It was still about me. But 
God was preparing me for once we got traded that my wife and I found out, wow, my job isn't only on the field. I'm a backup, but I have an amazing ministry and role as a friend to these players on this team. So that's where my friendship life really took off. Uh, the Seahawks in particular, Steve Large at Paul Scanzi, uh, Eugene Robinson, meeting intentionally every week, talking about our lives and praying for each other, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Did that change when you got out of the league? Now, now when you were, uh, quote, you know, kind of back in the general public, did you find that a challenge then to maintain those friendships or did those carry over? Uh, it is a challenge. All of a sudden your schedule is totally different and yeah. you guys are separated, you know, different cities and stuff like that. Um, but I was in Seattle and I have a friend, Tom Flick, that played a quarterback in the NFL for different teams. And we lived near each other and we started hanging out every week. So we kind of, we found a way to keep going what most players really, really miss when they retire. Okay. Um, I did stay in touch, uh, with a bunch of my friends, but it wasn't, you know, weekly or monthly. And therefore the level of that friendship diminished. Um, we liked each other just as much. We had great memories, but we weren't really like helping each other out as much, knowing everything that's going on. I, it wasn't iron sharpening iron anymore. Um, so in that sense, I'm lucky that I fell in with Tom. And then ever since that, I've looked for those type of relationships and not just with football guys. I ended up doing it with business guys uh, intentionally meeting every week. So why don't we start with this? What is level five friendship and where did this idea come from? Well, you know, there's the, the usual experience that we have with people, uh, the usual conversations, the usual topics, uh, the usual jokes, and there's some boundaries that we draw about it. You know, we, we won't go too far into something political or something intimate about our, our sex life with our wife or something if we're married. Um, we won't go too far into maybe a faith or religion thing, right? We just do the usual and sports and business and mountain biking and the news, you know, and, and how good barbecue was that <laughs> becomes the usual. Well, there's a circle outside the usual called the available, the available relationship, the available conversation, the available level of knowing each other. And then outside of that is an even bigger and more special one called the extraordinary. Mm. Well, people don't go into the available and the extraordinary unless someone drops their guard, becomes vulnerable, and steps out there to the perimeter first. And usually human beings will want to reciprocate and confide in you and share something back. But if they're not sure it's safe, mm. like in a a guy's group of eight guys they don't really know or some church Bible study that's big or whatever, a men's retreat, and they just put you in a, in a grouping. You don't know that it's safe, confidential, mainly because no one's clarified it. No one's really clarified it. So um, level five friendship means you have moved all the way past the usual into a bunch of available um, understanding, knowing the stories, uh, sharing your heartache and your difficulties, um, helping one another. And then you've moved into the extraordinary, the super deep, honest stuff. Uh, you're not afraid to confess what you're struggling with on this, the pride issue or the, the pornography issue or uh, just this 
set of sexual thoughts that are really messing you up that you seem stuck with, or the crazy ambition at work where you know you're trying to love God, but you want attention and glory and promotions, and you'd much rather knock some down so you could get it, and, and you're not like, like at peace with that. Most guys don't talk to anyone about that. Right. That's extraordinary conversation. Hmm. Well, those are pictures of level five. A picture of a level five um, is, I'll give you one from football and one from my recent huddle in yeah. football. Um, we lost a game to the Broncos. And the next week we lost a game to the Chiefs and we were the Seahawks. So those were two division losses. I was the QB. And in the press conference after the second loss, I was like, hey, tough loss. Could have done better, but we're going to go back to the drawing board. We're going to work hard. There's hope. This team can get it around. I'm going to work hard, and uh, we're going to do much better next week. It was kind of a rah-rah pep talk thing. Right. But I didn't delve into my responsibility or faults. I certainly didn't grovel and say, hey, it's all on me. I'm the quarterback. I got to do my job, and I didn't. That's kind of what the coaches were looking for mm. and used to from the prior quarterback. So on Tuesday, Eugene Robinson, one of my huddle buddies, deep friends, really level five. We've hung out a lot. We've opened up. We trust each other. We see each other each week. Um, he comes up and says, dude, some of the defensive coaches and players, uh, they've been saying you're not a stand-up guy. They're, they're worried that you won't take responsibility for your part in that loss as a quarterback. And everyone's looking at you, the QB. Now, he wasn't accusing me. Right. And he wasn't saying he believes what they said. He said, dude, I just wanted to let you know. Wow, I felt like a dagger of credibility just killed me, you know, my integrity. And it affected me deeply. I wasn't mad. I was grateful. Eugene just gave me a gift that only a level five friend who trusts the safety of the relationship and has been around you a lot and is connecting every week and knows you're not going to reject him. I was able to go to a defensive coach and say, coach, I think I over-optimized that myself with this big positive interview. I, I know I blew it. I'm responsible. I know I got to do better. And man, that healed the relationship with him. He spread the word through the defense. I said it to a few other guys, and I made sure never to make that mistake again and really to take responsibility. And honestly, I didn't want all the responsibility, Adam. <laughs> I, didn't want, I didn't want to be thought of as a failure as a quarterback. Right. I mean, every guy out there, he knows the feeling. When he messes up in a relationship, particularly with a wife, you don't want to feel like you blew it, so you might not apologize all the way. Right. You'll hedge. You'll chuckle a little bit. I, I do that. I'm trying to get out of that. Eugene is a level five friend. He went to the extraordinary, took a risk, gave me a gift, and it was definitely iron sharpening iron. Um, and he shared my burden, and I was able to go and change the situation. So that there's one. All yeah. right. Now, yeah. here's one for the guys that aren't on our football team, which is me and all of you. Right. Because <laughs> I'm not <laughs> most of anyone. us listening. Yeah. Um, so I'm a, I'm a speaker. I travel to men's conferences and I speak at retreats and outreach events and stuff. And I stay in a hotel and I talk about loving our wives, having integrity, having friends, uh, being accountable, um, being transparent and real because God loves you. And you don't have to perform for anyone. Your identity comes from him. You live from your identity. Um, and sex is an amazing, awesome, great thing. But you better channel your focus on one woman only in this culture of total distraction and way too many counterfeits, or you'll be messing yourself up and her. So this is my message. What happens? I'm in a hotel room and I hear a couple having sex in the room next to me at 1130. 
Right. And, and I am totally paying attention. I am like leaning closer. I'm being real quiet so I can catch each. And I'm imagining what's going on in there. It's auditory pornography volunteered to me by the guests in the room next door. I did nothing to escape it, turn on the radio, call my wife, whatever. And the next night, I actually walked down the hallway and kind of leaned my ear toward their mm. door. Okay. Um, wasn't happy with any of that. I didn't tell myself I'm the worst guy in the world and God's going to kick me out of heaven. Uh, I already didn't deserve heaven. Jesus is the only one who gets me into relationship with him. But I have a relationship with a huddle buddy, a level five friend named Pete. Pete, Greg, and I meet every week. We have one question that we meet and talk about. What's the most important thing you need to talk about this week? And then we say, how can I pray for you? Now, it's implied that if the important thing is a struggle you're having or some trap you fell in, some failure you had, in this case, a pretty obvious sin, um, compromise, this is the place where you can confess it. Like the Bible says, confess your sins one to another and you'll be set free. That's where healing comes. Now, I had this rule for myself, Adam, that I don't want to let looking at porn or looking at, I don't look at porn sites, but I'll look at a naked picture of photography. That's my porn. In this case, I listen to this thing. So I I have this thing. I got to tell my friends within 24 hours, definitely on our huddle call or huddle meeting. So I came into that meeting and it was only Pete, Greg. um, It was a a rare no-show that day because he had something going on. And I was, before I even eat these chips at this Mexican restaurant, I better tell Pete what happened. And I didn't want to because I thought he'd really lose some respect and think badly of me. The minute I got out of my mouth and said, Pete, I really messed up. Here's what I did. I just wanted to confess it to you because I confessed it to God, but it was still kind of secret. Confessing it to you really is important. So here it is. He smiles, leans across the table, shocks me and says, dude, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that about you, that you tell me your truth. And then he says, I've been struggling with something for three weeks that I haven't told anyone. And I just want to confess it. He confesses it. All of a sudden, we're both set free and we're way stronger going forward. That is a level five huddle friend yep. who, who huddle every week. You've made a commitment that you're safe and confidential. You've defined the relationship intentionally. We can laugh. We can joke. We can talk about anything we want, but we will always get to what's the most important thing going on. We will not hide anything. Okay. And I'll tell you what, with no secrets, and yet a guy who is going to stick there with you and have your back, you are set free and you get a lot of good help and you can give a lot of good help. That's a great feeling. That's a level five friend. Yeah, which, you know, what you're describing here with this, I, I love that. And I love this idea of the usual and then the available and the extraordinary. I think that's a really helpful framework for all of this because most guys know what it's like to have a buddy, right? We've had buddies in middle school and high sure. school and friends that we can talk to. And some of us maybe even had best friends and best buddies, people that we grew up with, like from kindergarten, and we've been in each other's weddings and things like that. But some of those friendships maybe are just staying somewhere on the surface where you're talking about football and barbecue. And you might share some things about life, you know, that, uh, hey, my wife's pregnant or our kid is sick. And you might, you know, uh, might do some things for each other that if somebody is going through a hard time, you might buy them a meal or send them a meal or something like that. But getting to this point where you're freely confessing uh, the ugly side of life, the toxic side of life to one another and bringing that out into the light and letting that be a part of the friendship. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother you know, game for and, a lot of people. I, I need to remind guys, this is fun. It's not just, uh, you know, 
pulling wisdom teeth when you confess some ugly sin. Right. Um, I get tons of help. Like I, I think, hey, I'm thinking about doing this with my grown son, talking about this. And my friend says, uh, do you have a lot of credibility on that issue right now? And I'm like, uh, no. Do you think he'll receive it well? No. Do you think it's going to work out well? No. So what do you want to do? I'm like, uh, I'm not going to say it. Yeah. I get some great counsel. Why? Because I took this dumb brain that operates in my own head and keeps it secret from everyone. And I put it out there on the table for my friend to take a look at objectively. And sometimes he says, dude, that's good. I'll pray for you. Go forward. Other times he says, have you thought about this? Other times he's, he's not saying you're an idiot, but he's saying, really, that's what you want to do. How about <laughs> this? Well, that is a great gift. The Bible in Proverbs is just like loaded with count the cost. Don't build a tower. Don't go to t- town. Don't build a business. Don't do anything without wise counsel. Have an yeah. abundance of wise counselors. Well, I don't want 25 people that I have to go run around to. And most of us won't build 25 friendships. You can have two or three really close ones. I think two is pretty amazing. That's why uh, I, I feel like at level one, casual acquaintances, tons of people. Level two, basic relationship, affinity, people you know from your kid's sports team, uh, kids, guys from college, interests, comfort, we're friendly. Yeah, a bunch of guys you see at church if you go to church. Level three, um, not quite as many people. These are good friends. You share some things. You know some things. Not everything. You trust each other, but not all the way because you're not sure. What might they do with what you tell them? So you hold back a little bit. There's not that many people in the good friend category. Deep friend, level four, where you share, you know each other, you trust each other a lot. You're really open and transparent. Uh, you affirm each other in really caring ways. Um, you're pretty darn safe, but you're not absolutely sure because you've never made crystal clear. Hmm. And if you're not meeting every week, you're. it's been two months since I talked to him. What, what if he hears what's been going on with me? Is he going to think I'm crazy and tell someone? Right. There's not many people at level four, but level five, intentional, committed, constant, vulnerable, accountable. You're disclosing, you're confessing, you're challenging, you're lifting, you're encouraging, you're praying, you're growing together. But it all happens because A, you chose it and you made it intentional. B, you're meeting every week. So not too much water goes under the bridge before you cover with each other. And C, you've clarified, hey, I got your back. You got my back. This is a confidential huddle. This stays here. I'm safe for you. You're safe for me. Once you give guys that and permission to talk, dudes will talk. Yep. Dudes will share life. And I, I call this a huddle. Amazing things happen in the huddle. Just like when Pete helped me at that table, okay? Yeah. Or when Eugene helped me wake up to the loss of reputation on the team. So, you know, you talked about moving from the the usual friendship all the way into extraordinary level of conversation that somebody, you either need to have an established norm, like somebody needs to, to talk about, hey, this is where we're going to go and it's okay to do this, or somebody needs to lead you there. What do you typically see happen uh, does somebody, if, if you're going to move from just that usual friendship into that level five or level three to five, does it just take somebody raising their hand going, I think we can go deeper. I think we can, we can provide more for one another. Uh, or do guys yeah, just kind of stumble into this? How does that work? But I think we can, we can give guys a little, it's not a formula, but a little simpler, uh, stepping stones, a little yeah. pathway to go forward. So, okay. I'm, I'm imagining guys out there that, um, they don't know exactly which guys, but it's not 
possible 20. There's about four or five in their life that they think might fit this and that they might find two huddle friends from. So number one, you want this. Mm. Number two, you realize that Satan, the enemy, doesn't want this. And number three, you start praying about it. Anything that's really spiritual and awesome and good, uh, God won't let us do it on our own. So pray pray about it. And then he's going to kind of guide you to who. uh, And then here's the path. You pull a guy aside or maybe both guys aside and say, you know, I've been thinking about I like you guys. I appreciate you. But I really want and need deeper friendship. And I would like it to change my life for the long term. And I'm willing to grow patiently with it and stick with it. Frankly, I also like the fun of hanging out with guys, but I don't do it very often. I'd like to intentionalize our friendship. Um, what, what do you think if we maybe would start committing to be a trio of friends who huddle together every week? Um, if we're not in the same town, we can just get on the phone or Zoom. If we're in the same town and we're too busy, we can just do it on the phone. Yeah. But if we can meet live, let's do that. And then how about this? Let's just meet three times and each of us tell our life story. One guy each week. Okay. Uh, other guys are welcome to ask a few questions and pray for the other dude afterwards. That's what we'll do for the first month. The next month, we'll talk about what kind of friendship we want and what are any of the fears, roadblocks, or questions we have. And we'll kind of clarify, hey, this is going to be confidential. This is going to be safe. Um, it's going to be fun. It's not a Bible study. It's not a correct each other session. Uh, we're not psychologists. We're not here to fix each other. But we are here to be friends who help each other and have each other's back. Um, And we're going to kind of follow a pattern of talking about the most important thing in our life and then praying for each other each week. And if the guys actually are open to it, you might say, one more question. Let's ask each other, what have we learned from Father God in his word this week? Mm. Which reminds you that the anchor of everything is Jesus and his truth. That's right. And that's where the where the stuff's going to come back to. But you don't have time to do a big Bible study, you know, go through all Patrick Morley's things or Robert, uh, you know, uh, Lewis's stuff or Jonathan's stuff. You just have time for maybe an hour worth of friendship and you got to go deep quick. And that question will remind each guy, dude, I hardly asked God to help me understand anything in the Bible this week or I didn't read anything in the Bible but it says two things. A, he's your father, and the Bible isn't this dry performance book. It's an invitation to communicate with him and learn from your dad. Um, and maybe some cool truth comes out in one of your two of you, and you get to share it. Yeah, that's good. That's how this thing gets rolling. And it's not Jeff, the mature superstar Christian, who gets it going, um, or Adam, because he's such a leader. Any guy can say, I'm your equal. I'm just instigating this. We all own it. No one's the boss. We all got to keep it going each week. And if our schedules get screwed up, uh, let's call each other and reschedule. It's as easy as a different phone call time. Let's do that. Yep. Yeah. It just takes somebody taking the initiative. But um, I, I like what you said there at the beginning in that you've got to want this. And so in your experience, when you talk to men and they go, listen, I hear what you're saying. That sounds great. I don't want that. What are some of the reasons that men give you why maybe they don't want level five friendship? Um, this reminds me of, uh, I, I can't, I can't, I think it was David Blankenhorn, a fatherhood expert 
who was actually talking about marriage. And he said he taught a college class and uh, he asked some question about who's interested in marriage, the topic of marriage. No hands went up, zero. <laughs> uh, a couple weeks later, he was talking, he said, uh, who'd be interested in talking about relationships that go to levels of knowing each other that are really deep and transparent and, and vulnerable, uh, levels of supporting each other where you kind of have each other back um, and kind of getting a, a, a joint goal in life where you can help each other. Uh, you can laugh, you can cry, you can make a mistake, but apologize and be forgiven. Um, who'd like to talk about that? Uh, and even commitment and really being loyal to each other, really being loyal to each other. Everyone raised their hand. <laughs> and he laughed and said, guys, that's marriage. Yeah, You're seeing lots of JV marriage in the culture. You're seeing mm. lots of false advertisements for it, but that is what marriage is. So I'm saying to the guys out there who don't want this, what you really want is to not be alone. You'd like to feel like you're accepted and belong. You'd like to feel like you respect, you're respected. You know, your dad maybe didn't give it to you. Um, you'd love to feel like I measure up. I got what it takes, you know, right. answer the John Eldridge questions. Um, you want someone to joke with and enjoy and laugh. Um, you also want someone who will help you not step off a cliff or drive into an oncoming truck. Okay. And the metaphor is obviously, um, meaning the dumb things we do rather than driving a car into a truck. Um, you want those things. Okay. You want your marriage to make it. If you're married, you want to be not a hyper selfish, insecure weirdo who overstresses any girl that he dates and he's not going to ever turn a relationship into a marriage and you're not going to figure that out on your own you need some objective eyes to be self-aware mm. okay 95 percent of us and research i found this 95 percent think we're self-aware guess how many are self-aware oh gosh it's got to be like 45 percent or something like no, that it's right 10 10 okay percent <laughs> are self-aware 95 percent think we are and that the deal with self-awareness is you got to A, realize you're not self-aware. B, you have to want to be self-aware. And C, you have to go ask objective sources what's going on with you so you can see reality because yeah. you are subjective and stuck inside of your skin. Yeah, That's almost the same thing with this friendship thing other than they're committed to you. It's not just a, hey, give me a scouting report on me and then leave me alone. No, this is a friend. This is a chum. In fact, I love it. What's a 2 a.m. friend? That's the guy. It all falls apart. You're in the worst crisis of your life. It's the most embarrassing, tragic, shocking, traumatic thing ever. But you'll call this guy at 2 a.m. and he'll be there for you. Do you want that or not? Most every guy does. I think what the deal is, Adam, guys say, I'm too busy or I don't want some guy to screw me over and break my trust. Mm. Uh, I don't want to go all touchy-feely and have to imitate women and be like a girl. I've heard too much of that stuff. Uh, you don't have to do any of that, but you're probably afraid of being known. Hmm. And that's probably holding you back from a relationship with the Father God, Abba, that can know you completely and has already wiped it all out clean with Jesus and adopts you and says, I give you credit for the righteousness of Jesus. And I see you not for who you are today in 2021, I see you for who you'll be in five years, 10 years, 20 years, and 
the eternal kingdom that I recreate, which is really what I made you for when I get us out of this broken era of history and I get us into the full kingdom. I see the you then, and I'm giving you credit for it now just because of Jesus Christ accomplishing it for you. So let me smile on you. Please accept my love, accept my respect, accept my blessing. Um, You're my beloved son. That changes everything. And one of the ways we get some of that is by hanging with men who accept us. Warts, flaws, porn problem, greed, anger problem, drinking problem, addiction to the the stupid games we have. Uh, I, I got hooked on these prescription drugs. Whatever it is, they love you anyway. Yeah. And you're going to love them anyway, but you got to define that friendship. And I think you can move there by defining it, telling your life stories, having a calibrating meeting or two. And I've got resources that explain this stuff really pretty simply. A couple of videos and uh, like a little, uh, I call it a tip sheet, you know, a quick guide to huddling, but it's available for every guy. So Adam, that's my answer. You may think you don't want this, but the things this really is you do want and you really need them. And it ain't as scary as you think. Yeah. I like that. And I like the story about the marriage thing. Cause I think that's exactly right. You got to kind of deconstruct what somebody has in their mind. If they're, if they're flat out rejecting this thing, I don't want that. Then they may not really understand what it is you're, you're talking about and they may need friendship redefined for them because what you just described was very beautiful. Like who wouldn't want that? A place where you're fully known, where there is intimacy and in, in, in all the right ways. And, um, and it's going to be fun and you're accepted and you feel like you've got, uh, you're not going through life alone. You've got a team. Yeah. And team. Got it's it's team living. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know what we haven't said, Adam, I'm sorry for not doing it. Jesus changed the world with 12 rascally blue collar, except for the numbers crunching Jewish, um, turncoat, Matthew, right. the tax collector. He took this ragamuffin group of dudes, including wild, I'll fight you at the drop of a hat, Peter, okay? And he turned them into his friends, and he turned them into friends of one another, and then he sent them out two by two, and he always kept huddling them back together. And Mm. anytime Jesus would do something really cool, like feed 5,000, he'd go huddle with his father for the night and pray. And he'd urge them to huddle with the Father. So friendship was the rhythm of Jesus's life. Yeah. This is the way of Jesus. We could scrap all the men's ministry programs, the big barbecues, the get out the big trucks and the guns, have some famous athlete come and speak who, who, who didn't play 32 years ago like I did. Um, <laughs> we, we can bring Joe Evangelist, the best men's discipleship guys, super duper apologetic stuff. Um, we could bring all that, that, you know, the big guns out, but we're skipping over the very first and central way of Jesus, mm. which if we had this alone, we would see a change in the world, a change in our families, a change in our kids, a change in our marriages, a change in our churches. That's friendship. What if every church was a place where guys hear it pretty frequently from the pastor and any other guy they meet? You know what? One of the greatest things I've realized in life is that God made me for friendships. And Jesus is my friend. Jesus had friends. And I've made some deep friends in this church. We get together every week. And then you define what friendship is, okay? Kind of take them through this these layers toward level five. This isn't just the usual. This is 
more than that. It's it's really available and extraordinary connection and friendship. If 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 pastors were saying, first of all, if they had this friendship, which most don't, because they're leaders who get isolated. Yeah. So, so do CEOs. They don't have this. This is why Ravi Zacharias, who knows the Bible inside out, oh, what an amazing, gifted man. This is why his life was a crash and burn. That's there's no no YouTube videos on him left anymore. It's 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 like persona non grata. We had to cancel him, and the Christians are happy to cancel him because he looks like a, a hypocrite and, and a bad advertisement. That's a shame. We 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 kill you know our own. But the problem was that man had leadership, success, travel, busyness, kudos, perks. People like to hang around him, get his stuff. But he drifted from friendship and 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 the 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 safety. Yep. The, the 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 living in the light. Some people just say, "Do you have an accountability group where they ask twelve questions every week?" I'm not against that, but that's dry, and you can fool people like crazy with that. Yeah. This is friendship, and accountability is a natural peer to peer part of it, but it isn't the main thing. So, uh, Jesus did this. Jesus wants this for you, and every guy can get there, and it would change churches. If we said friendship's the main way we reach men around here. So if you made a friend yet, hey, let me take you to lunch. Let me introduce you to that guy. You know, he's got a welding business too. Hmm. I like that. So uh, last couple questions here before I let you go. Um, Share a couple stories. Like what do you see change in a man's life when he does experience level five friendship, maybe for the first time? What, What are some tangible things, you know, if you think back through your Rolodex of friendships, these men that have entered into these friendships for the first time. Uh, what are some of the sound bites you hear, some of the behavior changes, some of the outlook, spiritual growth, whatever it is? Uh, just paint a picture. What, what does that look like when men experience this? Well, I, right now, real time, this year, uh, COVID, changes in business, uncertainties. Uh, I have a friend, and I huddle with a couple different groups, okay? Um, and he's in one of my huddle groups. And he's dealing with mental health issues of incredible stress, high blood pressure that rockets, uh, anxiety attacks, not able to sleep. Mm. Um, And a lot of it has to do with the business and what's going to happen. He just, he thought he had a game plan and it never goes the way he expects and it keeps being delayed. Okay. Then you put some family issues on top of it. And then, childhood issues of never feeling good enough and feeling the support uh, of your parents. And he's dealing with these things. My other huddle buddy and I told him, the minute you have that stuff, text us. Never feel embarrassed. Never feel like you're burdening us. Don't process this stuff alone. Don't sit out there dying on the vine, bro. Um, We can't fix it, but we can let you vent it to us. And B, we can pray for you right then. And we've also found ourselves sending him consoling, comforting quest, uh, um, text messages and even scripture verses that he says, oh my gosh, did that help me? Oh my gosh, thank you. It's so good to be able to process with you guys. Thanks. I- I'm doing better. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not fixed. Right. So I- I'm, not, I'm not painting a miracle story. I'm painting he's not alone. He's not spiraling down in isolation and depression and mental health. His problems are not fixed in the circumstances, but he has a team to walk through with him, okay? And 
I will be far more quick to share my junk like that with somebody because I've seen his consistency to share it yep. with me. So that's, that's one of the biggies. The other is, you know what? Thank you. I'm not doing as many boneheaded things. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm getting better in marriage. I thought about the conversation we had last week. You were probably praying for me this week, weren't you? And you know, you might say, "Yeah, but only once." Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, 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 God did something, and he thinks you were on your knees praying for him all week. That's right. It's the dynamic of friendship and com- having conversations about the real stuff in your life. Life starts to you start conforming to Christ and behaving more like Christ, and you have better outcomes. The economy doesn't turn around for you. You don't win the lottery. But your marriage is more harmonious. You're more on the same team. That relationship with a kid of yours or a teen, you stop doing the stupid things of just criticizing him and you start looking for the positive because your huddle buddy said, hey, what's cool about your son? Yep. Hey, why don't you brag about him a little bit? Why don't you tell him next time? Why don't you thank him for something? Why don't you ask him, uh, why don't you tell him some of the things you're learning that you've been a knucklehead on and ask him to pray for you? We're sharing ideas like that all the time, Adam that we wouldn't have come up on, with on our own. And so guys are saying, you know what? I, I'm growing. Things are going better. So those are some of the real differences that having uh, at least one or two level five friends. And remember, the difference between level five and, and level four, the deep friend, is you're in touch every single week and you've kind of intentionally clarified your relationship. All right? So that's what level five is. Level five is the intentionality and consistency. Um, I got the whole idea from a business book, Good to Great, Jim Collins. Uh, level five leaders are humble and doggedly determined to stay on purpose and focus. Yeah, Their humility builds an amazing team. Their doggedness and staying on purpose keeps their whole team paying attention to one big priority and they kick butt compared to the companies that have six priorities and the leader is looking for credit, and so are all the rest of the people. And then people start covering their butt, and no one's accountable. So level five was epic leadership like Jesus, humble and totally focused on the cross. Yeah. Level five friendship, super deep, transparent, open, honest. You got to know each other. You've created safety and confidentiality and defined it. And then you said, let's meet every week and not let anything get in the way. Yeah, I and like we'll just that. keep it simple. We'll talk about what's the most important thing going on. Has Father God helped you understand anything about him and the word this week? And how can I pray for you? Yeah. And I mean, you believe this message and have seen it help not only in your own life, but in the life of your other friends that you're starting to develop some resources to help other men with this. So why don't you, uh, you know, as we wrap up here, uh, talk about that. What are some of the resources you are currently working on? And how can people who are listening find some of these resources and keep tracking with you as you continue to release new resources in the future? Okay, good. Maybe the premise to this is I'm not a big organization. Uh, Jeff Kemp team and men huddle, this emphasis for men where these ideas come. It's just kind of being birthed and I'm working on it now and we'll be getting more structure and stuff in the future. So people can find stuff by emailing me and by going to my website, Jeff Kemp team. Dot com. All right. Um, I don't even mind if people call me and I'll, I'll, I'll give out my number, but <laughs> better man. I know better man. I've been through it. Um, I've, I've led a, a table Robert and I are friends. He, he mentors me. I think better man has something special going on. So 
I would recommend guys connect to Better Man and jump on jeffkempteam.com as well and ask you and ask me for these resources. Number one, hey, give me some of those little two-minute videos on Eric Dickerson and the Rams offensive line and the power of a huddle in the NFL when you broke the 2,000 yards in one season uh, record. The power of the huddle. I tell a story about that. And then give me one about that that story with the guy across the table, Pete, where you told him about the hotel and what you heard and you confessed it and then how he confessed something. Um, And then give me the video that kind of gives me the quick tip sheet on how to get one started. And what's the simple question to ask? And if you're a leader and you're wanting a focus on a leader's huddle, I got a, 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 a video for leaders. If you're a pastor, I got one for that. If you're interested in spreading this through your church, I got a short two-minute video on that. So you can get those through Better Man. They'll figure out the game plan. And you can also get them at jeffkempteam.com. But I'm going to be improving my game and upping the, the men huddle uh, stature um, over the next you know six months. So that's one thing you can get. Secondly, I'll give you a one-page. It's small print, but it's one page. I tried to keep <laughs> it in one page. It's a quick guide to how to build a huddle and carry out your huddle. And it answers a bunch of questions, gives you some of the blueprints from Jesus and the the Bible on this, and just some ABCs, one, two, threes of this. All right. So those are the main two things that I think can help you. Uh, I've got a a cool little tool called the dashboard where you can x-ray your life each week. And we used it in a huddle in Seattle that had, I think, six guys. But we all x-rayed our life and rated ourselves zero to 10 relationship with God, relationship with our wife, relationship with our kids, relationship with work, um, our, our, our um, health, personal health. Are we taking care of each other uh, or ourselves? Um, and then what's our risk area? Is it pride or drinking or anger or lust or, um, you know, uh, content on the, on the web? Um, and we'd rate ourselves zero to 10. How's the week going? And that way we didn't have to talk about everything, but we could just kind of look at objectively well. I got to pay attention to this. And then we'd be able to share in a bigger huddle much faster than typical. So I I can get, you know, that type of resource to you as well. That's the men huddle dashboard. That's great. And so they can find those at jeffkempteam.com. We'll put a link to this in the show description as well. And maybe even on the Better Man website, we can get a couple links uh, as well on all this. So Jeff, this has been a great conversation. I'm sure that our listeners, they've just got a bunch of thoughts running through their mind. Maybe they have some friendships right now that they need to move into more of that level five. They need to bring about some intentionality or some clarity um, or some that are just sitting there and they're, they're just looking around going, I think all my friends are like level three right now or level two. And you've given them some great practical steps on how to start moving towards that level five. So uh, I've, I've enjoyed you teeing it up. And I am a quarterback. I would rather see the ball go into the end zone than just get up close. So I'll yeah. just finish. And if you haven't let me, I'll pray for guys. But I would say this. I'm inviting you and Adam's inviting you. Uh, Jesus is inviting you to deepen your friendships, intentionalize them, ask God to help, and choose to huddle with a couple friends for the next three months. Once you do that, you'll say, I need this for the rest of my life. And then it'll be a lifestyle. And I've done it with different people at different times. And I got one with a bunch of speakers who know my lifestyle because we're the same and we do it by Zoom. 
oh my gosh, that one's good because we immediately know how we're all a little bit egocentric. We're all kind of ambitious. We'd all like to get uh, better marketing and get more, you know, speaking opportunities and get paid a little bit more and have bigger audiences. And we immediately challenge and laugh and help each other with that. Okay. So I'm inviting every guy. And in fact, I'm, I'm actually challenging you. God wants this for you. Don't let the enemy stop you. This is friendship. Go for it all the way. And we will help you. Better man will help you. You'll find the stuff on their website and you'll find it at jeffkempteam.com. So decide. Don't hope. There you decide go. Decide and do it. All right. Pray for the men listening. God, um, I guess the best thing to pray is that um, your kingdom, which is the presence and reign and beauty and healing uh, and power of Jesus, would come. And also that your will, which is benevolent, kind, reconciling, just, generous. It's surprising. It's not on our timetable, but your will is good. You have great plans for us. Uh, So Father, I pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in us as it is in heaven and definitely in our uh, lives with friends and in relationships. And if we're married in our marriage and with our sons or daughters, whoever you've put us in relationship with. Lord, turn our lives to Jesus. Give us friendship like he had and spread an amazing movement of friendship through young men, medium men, older dudes, um, and definitely through the church because it's your vehicle for change. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Amen. Jeff, great to be with you today. Thanks again for your time. Yeah, my pleasure, Adam. Great, thank you. Jeff, once again, thanks for jumping in today with me on the Better Man podcast and being so generous, sharing all of those resources. And if you'd like to check out those videos, that huddle tips sheet or the huddle dashboard, uh, we've made all that available for you. It's really simple. Just go to betterman.com slash blog. That's betterman.com slash blog. All the links are going to be right there for you in one spot. And if you're listening today and you're just, you know, you heard Jeff talking about the importance of friendships and you're like, I want to start some friendships with other men, or I want to just improve the quality of the friendships that I've got going on right now and grow in my relationship with God, then get this, the better man experience is perfect to do both of those things. It is a great and simple way to not only grow closer to God, but to deepen your friendships with other men along the way. So our 11 week experience is a great way to explore manhood and make some lifelong friendships. Better Man is free of charge to churches. So go to betterman.com to explore how you can bring this experience to your church or your community. Again, that's betterman.com. As always, today's episode was mixed and edited by the amazing team over there at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. That's all we've got for today. Once again, thanks for listening to the Better Man Podcast. We'll talk to you again next time.